I gotta get the notes up. So I mean, but yes, we're recording. So if you say anything, it could. So, but I still have to log I, into the thing. I so. learned, I had to learn how to actually talk on podcasts because I'm by nature a mumbler. Like I'm a mumbly dude who talks fast. You mumble? Yeah, yeah. I'm a super mumbler. I don't feel like I. I don't feel like my you wife. Have. Like if you like, I, half I feel like half the time I'm talking to her, I mumble. You know, I kind of can see that now. Yeah, like it. It takes work. Like I've gotten better, but if I'm, I kind of mumble. I think it's because. Um, well, I don't know if it's a mumble, more just like a, you're really excited about stuff, like me, and you just say a bunch of stuff really quickly. <laughs> I'm a fast talker. You yeah, combine, that's... you combine fast talking with mumbling, it's kind of a dangerous combination. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel I... like you have like a really good voice for video or podcasting. Like you're super loud. Like you know David Spark. You're kind of like David. Like it's at a. I love David. It's at a fairly high level. All the time. I feel like you wake up in the middle of the night and you say something to someone. Shit. It's like, hi, this is Carlos. I feel like it's at that level. It might be. That's funny. I wake up in the middle yeah. of the night. I had this dream. Stop it. Yeah. Hold on. I got to tell it's you about it. Like, it, it I'm really loud. You wake up in the middle of the night, you're podcast ready. Me, I'm like. I'm podcast ready. That's the most. I think that's the nicest thing yeah. that anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. Well, we're starting the podcast. This is Michael. Uh, Michael Wolf. My mom calls him Michael. You could call me Mike, but do I call you Michael? I think I always call you Michael. Yeah, you and David Spark, which is weird because just my mom calls me Michael until you and David Spark came along. I'm sorry, and you know it's kind of I'll my stop. fault. Like on Twitter, I'm Michael Wolf, so it's kind of my fault. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so and also you have not written a book about Trump. Yeah, so let's just get so that. Can we out talk? There. Can we talk about that? Like for like. <clears throat> Two weeks, my Twitter at replies are destroyed. Oh my goodness! Because oh, here's wait. the thing. Here's the thing. I have the the phonetic spelling of Michael Wolf. Like that's I I got it early. My, Michael Wolf, that's my name. Like those two words put together. That's your name. I'm not Michael Wolf with two Fs. Michael Wolf with like an extra E. No, you're the guy who wrote the book. So anyone who can cons- like thinks those are the two words of the guy who wrote the book, like they just were insulting me on Twitter. People who love Trump were insulting me. People who like Trump were like, hey, you're the best. Or people who, were, who hate Trump love me. But did you get new followers because of that? Uh, a little bit. I was going to say, like, it sounds like a bonus. But it's not like high quality followers because after like about a week or two, they're like, they're like you're this not is, that funny. This is the wrong guy. I'm following the wrong <laughs> That's guy. That's awesome. Listen, guys, have you ever, everybody have you ever, leave. Have you ever followed the wrong person on Twitter thinking there's something and they're not? That was oh, me. Oh, that was you. Yeah. That's like your new claim to fame. Yeah. Your other claim to fame is, is much cooler. I think. The spoon. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the fact that I was, like, there's a lot of Michael Wolfs in the world. Like, oh. And there's, like. There's... I'm talking about you specifically, okay. this Michael Wolf. Let's so, talk about those other guys. Okay. The spoon. It's my, uh, it's my website about food and technology and, and how it fuses together. It does fuse together. It fuses together more often than not nowadays than it did in the past. Yeah. So, if, like, I was in my, walking my dog in my town, like, Yesterday or the day before, and like I walked by the sign, and this is a pretty sleepy town I live in. It's called Edmonds, Washington. Oh yeah, and uh, one of the signs says, "We're now serving the Impossible Burger." Oh, I love that burger. Have you tried it? Yes, because of you. Yeah, so it's like a plant-based burger that it's. I still feel like I'm in the. Uh, I feel like I'm in the um, kind of this world where it's it's kind of the uncanny valley of meat. 
Like it's not quite there. That's it's like, a good way to put like it. It's like 10% off. Like, yeah. You, so you're a video game guy. When you're playing video games and the guy, the guy's eyes are a little bit off. Yeah, that's very good way to put it. There. And I don't want to like claim that. I didn't coin that. Wired wrote an article actually titled Uncanny Valley of Meat. Oh, did they? I feel like that describes impossible. And, and, be, is, and beyond meat. Or beyond, beyond meat's better. So beyond if, meat. okay. if anyone listening wants to try a plant-based meat, something that's a replacement for actual animal-based meat, like impossible is okay, but Beyond Meat's better. And Beyond Meat sausage is actually really, really close. Beyond, I think I had the Beyond, I'm trying to figure out which one it was, but there's a bar in Portland. So here's the difference. And they have, I think it's either Beyond okay. or, I think it's Beyond, and it's almost juicy in the way a burger so is. So here's the difference. Impossible largely is in restaurants, like they're in White Castle, oh. they're in a few others. Okay. Um, Beyond is the one you could get at the grocery store, take home and cook. Mm. Yeah. That being said, though, I'll challenge you on that because I was just in Canada, and we'll talk about that later, Vancouver. And in Vancouver, I went to the the Dutch, which is D-E Dutch. Did they have Beyond? And they had Beyond. So I think Beyond actually maybe is in restaurants, but by and large, like I've known it is go to the grocery store, buy it, bring it home. Yeah. And the sausages are really good. They're marbly. They have kind of almost like that fat texture to them. I still like the Morningstar stuff, though. For me, like because I grew up with that kind of uh, veggie meat style, which is almost, you know, it's soy-based. And I like that taste. You know, it, it fits my palate. Are you like a bean burger guy? Like the kind of the no, good? not at all. No, no, no. Actually, this is a good discussion. Real quick, temporary side side note. Not really, because we're talking about food and tech. I grew up vegetarian because I was uh, my mom was Adventist, and so they would have like an Adventist Bible bookstore. And in the bookstore, they had like food in the back, okay. and there was all these like veggie meats. I mean, this is the '80s, right? So they had stuff, and one of them was called Wham, which is hilarious because, yes, the band, hilarious, Wham. We ordered Wham. And it was like Spam, but it was like sliced, like turkey meat, basically. It was delightful. If someone sent me some Spam, or (laughs) Spam, no, don't send me Spam. If you sent me Wham, I would eat the shit out of it because I still like the taste of it. But at that point, that kind of just like, informed that I could deal with veggie meat. So now all this new stuff, it just feels like you're on board. Amazing. Yeah. Cause like you're even trying to be like meat back in the day. We had like, again, spam. I love spam. Can we talk about spam? Can we like, talk about we, spam is delicious. Welcome to the spam cast. Like, am I the only guy that loves to go to the restaurants that still serve spam? Like, you, and it's a little you bit, might be. So it's kitschy, right? Like, you go to the guy, the place where they're serving the Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh, right. It's always the same place that's serving oh, spam. Like, yeah, okay. They're like the hipster bars in Portland, but yeah. I think it's delicious. Well, you know what? I, I mean, I liked Wham so much that I shouldn't really give spam a bad name because, I mean, it's not probably too far from what that tastes like. Now, my wife, she mocks me for my spam <laughs> affection. I also like... I also do you like these? Do you like little smokies? No, I think I don't like. But those. dude, most dudes like them. Really? She hates them. Like, and she gets mad at me because she. Always, and I think this is fiction at this point, but somehow it's become part of like the urban lore of our, our wedding. And I'm, I've been married over twenty years. I'm super old. All she, right. She thinks that we, we that I wanted little smokies at our wedding. Like, I don't remember this. Maybe it's true, but I, I've always grown up liking little smokies. They're the little mini, like, yeah, yeah, and sausages thing. And I feel, like, I feel like if I did a rough estimate, 70 to 80% of your listeners would like Little Smokies. I feel like. Wow, that's a good yeah, number. because it's, it's, it's like. A, I don't believe it, but yeah, let's but see. you throw a number out there, people believe it. But it's smoky. It's little. Yeah. 
It's Did, tasty. Do you feel bad after eating it? It's the question. Yeah, but you feel bad after eating pretty much a lot of stuff. Well, that's, so. a, that's a whole other discussion. So the Spoon is your digital website that talks about food and technology. It's actually an analog website. It's made completely of, like, plant-based components. Wow. It's not digital at all. <laughs> it's an alternative. How do you website. find it, then? Is it just here in Washington somewhere? <laughs> you have to go out to a, Yeah. Like, geocaching? <laughs> Yeah. You have to find it. It's the first plant-based website of all time. That would, by the way, be a catch thing. Like that a catchphrase. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I just probably raised $3 million in funding. You might have. Yeah. We're right in that now. bubbly phase right now. You have a thing called the Digital Kitchen Summit that's coming up soon in October, I believe. <laughs> it's called the Smart Kitchen Summit. I, but if you want to create your own- Why did I write it down as If digital, you want to create your own event- Listen, I've been drinking. Okay. The Smart Kitchen Summit is a great summit. I've been at it before. I've done videos for you. Uh, we used to work together, uh, full disclosure, and a podcast as well. And the thing is great. The thing is super fun because everybody likes to eat. Everybody likes to do things with food. And everybody's excited about the future. So this is the future of food and cooking, like I used to say on the podcast. And it is literally all the fun things I think about food and the future. Yeah, I don't Am think I you, do you ever meet anyone that goes, you know, I hate eating. It's like, I, hate, right. I, I don't eat. Like, it's kind of BS because, like, what I realized at some point, everyone eats. And, you know, I'm a guy who's written a lot about, like, things like smart home and stuff. But there's a lot of boring things that happen in the world of, like, Internet of, Internet of Things and smart home. Like, I couldn't write about locks anymore or light bulbs. Like, right. Do you, I mean, do you do you get passionate about light bulbs, Carlos? Although the color ones are pretty cool. They're kind of cool. But the like, LED ones well, are. what I realized at some point is like everyone, everyone in the world pretty much loves food. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty universal. Yeah. And once you start to fuse food, the thing we put in our mouth three times a day, or five times a day, or eight times a day, and technology, it's a really interesting conversation. It's a good combination. Yeah. I have a I have a uh, a question from my friend Romero. He wanted me to ask you oh, this, no. and I'm going to ask it in the beginning, before the question and answer part. Sue V. I remember I covered a lot of Sue V at your Smart Kitchen Summit, which you can get tickets for probably still. Yeah. Uh, what's it's the website? It's uh, smartkitchensummit.com. Boom. Uh, he asked a question to me, and I, I kind of agree with him. I'm kind of confused as well. I covered a lot of things for you at that show. There'll be a lot of these, I'm sure, even at the new show. Sue V is a way to cook things slow with a thing that heats up the water to certain degrees temperature, that means you're going to cook it the right way, professional way, French way. What's the deal with sous vide? Like, why do I want to wait so long for this thing to, you know, make it a certain temperature to cook something when I could cook it quicker? So when you go to, like, a nice restaurant, right, and you go to the place and they, they serve, like, this perfect pink steak, it's, like, perfectly even throughout... And you, you think, oh, my gosh, this this chef is amazing. He's the best guy ever. He made my perfect meat, my perfect right. um, whatever. 95% of the time they're sous-viding it. So, And what that means is they're putting it in a, like a precision water bath at a temperature of about an hour to two hours, you know, 150 degrees, whatever. And what that does is it cooks it very evenly throughout. And then they sear it. And what happened over the past five years is companies like Inova – or Namiku, or Chef Steps have taken that technology that is largely that was invented in the back in the in the kitchens by first you know in, in restaurants in France and then and then in the U.S. they've democratized that and they've made it enabled and and 
if they made it for consumers like us, we can do it. Right. So there's been like you know three or four or five startups that have created sous vide circulators. Anovo is one. They got acquired by uh, Electrolux. You pay nine. Their newest one's ninety nine bucks. It's a water bath. You put your steak in a in a ziploc. You sit in in the in the water bath for like hour and a half. Now you're thinking that's weird. It's a long time. It seems weird. That's now, the question. That so. is the problem. Like so, the the debate in the industry is like, does everyone want to wait an hour and a half? Or us kind of Americans, we're kind of like we're impatient. We want things now. Ugh. We just throw the meat on the on the barbecue. Yeah. By and large, we're creating pretty crappy steak. But right. like, but Americans just want it now. So we throw it on there. We throw some salt on there. And we're done. But if you want your steak like a restaurant makes it, you're going to sous vide it. You're going to interesting. Get you know that kind of reminds me of just in general when it comes to Europe, right? Like siestas, taking your time. Like they stop their day to like yeah. take a nap and have some food. It's a mindset. It might just literally be a mindset because, yeah, if you want quality and to kind of like really get into what you're going to get, you're going to take your time with it you're not gonna rush it i mean this is a fast food nation right like this is like give me it now and give me it quick so okay so sous vide is um i want to say it's european almost in a way right it's like slow down well it's french it's french it's french the the term sous vide yes um but i think i don't know if it becomes like the next microwave like one of the debates in in my industry is like what is the next microwave oven because like if you look at the world of like appliances in the kitchen the last major innovation, in a way, has been the microwave oven, which really is pretty old technology. It, it is. Like, it was invented during World War II. Uh, and I still don't trust it, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't. <laughs> but but it, it's become fairly pervasive. It's in 90% of homes or more. But is the, is the sous vide the next thing? I don't think it is. Because I, I think it, it takes a little bit too much time. I think Americans yeah. are too impatient. now. But there's a lot of other things on the horizon. And that's yeah. what we talk about at my event. Not there to give like too much of a plug, but yeah. Oh, there it is. And then also the website too, because I love the website because you do get those posts of like, hey, here's that new thing. Yeah. So Check we have out. like, so yeah. I, my background, not that anyone cares, but like I- before, Hey, you're on the podcast. Yeah. I care. <laughs> before I started in Venn like in 2015, I was working at a, a tech blog called Gigom. So people who are old school of Silicon Valley tech people probably remember Gigom. And that's we, how we know each other. We used to compete with TechCrunch. I used to actually come on the Cranky Geek Show. Which I produced. So this is, so let's talk wait, about Wait, 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 let's talk about Yes, let's talk for a second. So I used to like be dragged over to the Cranky Geek Show willingly because I thought it was cool. It was John Dvorak. It was cool. And 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 I got pulled over there by Sebastian, mm-hmm. a mutual acquaintance of ours. Yeah. He was the editor at Gigom at the time. And- I'm like, oh, I saw you. We met. I'm like, I recognize this guy. Who's this guy? Then it just one day came to me like a lightning bolt. Carlos was there at Cranky Geeks. <laughs> He's been there. You were there. the sound technician or something. Yeah, well, I, I ended up producing the show. The show, yeah. by the way, is called Cranky Geeks. You can find it on the Googles. John Dvorak, a friend of mine, and I became friends with him from that show. He wrote for, you know, magazines, and I was always a big fan of Pretty his Pretty legendary tech blog. Yeah, tech, John Tech Dvorak. writer, right? Look He's him legendary. Up. Yeah. And so I got to work with uh, Ziff Davis, and we worked directly with that show. And that's how I started, like, line producing, sound producing, and then literally mm-hmm. producing the, like, exec producing the show. And then I was a guest as well. And then, yeah, that's how you were on and the show. So and so Sebastian yeah. uh, Sebastian Ru- uh, Rupley, Rupley. Would, would pull me over there because he needed the guest. And I'm, like, there. And, like, one time I'm over there, and, like, this is more exciting to me than anything. Like, John Dvorak, nice guy, who cares? But when we had... Um, 
dude, the founder of, of, of your company with the long hair? Oh, me, uh, Adam Curry was Adam that. Curry. Yeah, yeah. I just, so I'm old enough. So full disclosure, I'm old enough to remember early MTV days. And I'm like, holy crap. I called my wife. I texted him. Like, I'm like, I'm on a show with Adam Curry, <laughs> which excited. is kind of, he's funny. to me, he's like the poor man's Adam Howard Stern. Which, oh, yeah, I don't want him to hear that, but like he might. Yeah. Like if he took Howard Adam. Stern. Michael said it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he? He's about the same height. They're he's, both like they're both like like six five. He's hilarious. I met him and John at the same time. And again, I, I um I say again, like the audience doesn't know this, but when I meet people in quotes that are famous, I don't care about your fame. I just want to talk to you and have a good time. So I didn't care and about so his Adam fame. Was, yeah, I didn't Adam, care about his fame. I just like go. Here's a dude I remember watching on MTV right, as a kid. Right, right. So that to me is always kind of cool. Yeah. Right? Oh like, no, it's cool too. Yeah, yeah. He, but he was on Earth too. As I'm saying, him and John were just like, yeah, I don't give so a fuck. So those guys are, had a great rapport. Yeah. And first of all, John runs a great podcast. That was your first show of Cranky Geeks. No, no, it was maybe my third. Okay. Third. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, he was he runs a great podcast. John, I don't know. They're doing no agenda stuff. They're still doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Forever. Which is kind of a conspiracy theory podcast at this point, right? If you want to listen to a very interesting <laughs> podcast, yeah. uh, listen to No Agenda. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not saying anything disparaging about it. It's no. just, it's its own thing. And it is a thing. It's a beautiful- Tons of listeners. It's a, tons of listeners. Beautiful, weird thing. I love Maybe it. not as much as this podcast. This might have more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know How much true. crossover is there? Maybe none. Oh, by the way, some people who listen to this do know and remember our stories that we're talking about right now. Okay. They literally have followed me since Crank Geeks. Okay. And I give a shout out to everybody, including Scott. So one thing I was on was on your the podcast, and I don't know if this ever happened. You may remember this, but my audio wasn't working. Ugh. So like- It wasn't the, my fault. The, but the podcast went on live, and like someone goes- What's up with Mike Wolf's voice? Like he's got a really weak, wimpy voice. Oh. I'm like, I'm like on the you're comments, just, going, no. <laughs> you're just like tearing holes in the, like our production quality. That was, <laughs> that was not very good. Uh, we were trying. By the way, that was the the early days of the internet. Okay, that wasn't that. Oh, early. you come on. Oh, 2009 was the beginning of oh, video. Oh, come on. Oh, video. You yeah. said the internet. Well, okay, I mean video. Okay. So internet, obviously, before that, I worked at Amazon in the 98, 99. But 2009, not to get into a tangent real quick, and because this is kind of tied to the fact that how we know each other, is I went down to SF and did a little company called Mevio, worked with Ziff Davis, worked with Cranky Geeks, DLTV I produce as well, uh, with Robert Heron, who I still love. And all that stuff was the beginning of it, right? Like we did streaming, the beginning of streaming. This is literally a brush your shoulders off moment, so I apologize. But literally, we had Ustream, a company called Ustream, where they had no filters. You just put it where the hell you want on there. And we immediately had 8,000 viewers, right? Like, it was just like, oh, you were the place to be. You're streaming something. There was no other places to stream it. And the audience was global, right? So we had Spain all of a sudden in our thing. We had France. We had everybody in our chat room. And it was kind of a, a luxury that is almost damaging in a way because now we're like I'm fighting back to get like 30 views on something and back then it was like well because it's new you just yeah, do whatever yeah, the fuck yeah. you want everyone's there so that was a, it was a beautiful moment and I um and I just think that uh, I don't know why I brought that up no I don't think we knew it how nine. at the time right I mean we didn't 2005 YouTube comes out like um or sold always to to Google but it wasn't streaming it wasn't streaming at the time right so, no 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 so yeah, yeah that was new was, stuff at the time, we didn't know how cool it was. Let's talk about what you're into. Michael Wolf, who didn't write a book about Trump. What are you into right now? Um, well, I'm, I'm certainly focused on on my business and my event. Um, in terms of like pop culture, I feel like 
I feel like I go through seasons of the year, right? And I feel a little bit guilty. Like, I'm always, are you like this? Like, okay, when I'm done with this thing, then I'm exercising and I'm consuming books. I'm like reading, I'm reading, I'm doing podcasts. I feel like that's how my year goes. And it actually kind of is like that. I, wait, so do you say exercising and reading books? Yeah. So like, like I'm kind of at the height of my preparation mode for my big event in October. Right. So like, I feel like I put everything on the back burner, which yeah. I don't know if it's healthy. I feel like maybe I should be kind of getting out to the gym. Well, okay. Well, let's not talk about the gym part because yeah, I'm going to yeah, yeah, fail yeah. at that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But when it comes to content, which again, this whole show is about, I think it's very important that you don't put that on a backlog. Because let me tell you this. As soon as we're finished this podcast, well, maybe after another drink, I'm going to go home and play Dragon Quest Eleven, which I talk about in this show a lot. What that does for me is that relaxes me. That chills me down and allows me to do the next podcast. It allows you, whatever you intake, to do the Kitchen Summit, right? So I think it's very important to have those and not to put them back burner. And be like, my mind yeah. means to be on top of, you got you to have that yeah. one thing I do. Have, I mean, it's small windows during the day, right? So like when I- when During I, the day then, not in evening stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. When I, when, I, when I walk the dog, which is right. once a day, I, I do the podcast thing. I could talk about the podcast I listen to. When I when I'm at night, when you know it's kind of put the kids to, kids to bed, there is a couple shows usually on Netflix, right? One of the yeah. shows I'm into right now is uh, obviously Ballers is a great show. Oh yeah. Also, um, uh, what's the show with? Uh, oh, can we can we edit this? No, there's uh, no editing. There's no editing. No. Nope. Who's the dude from Silver Spoons? Um, the guy from that. Yeah, uh, Ricky Schroeder. No, his <laughs> the other dude with with Justin Bateman. Just a bit, oh, the Ozark. Ozark is fantastic. Beautiful. So, so, what a great series. So Ozark we is about fantastic. Yeah. Ozark is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I'm into that. I'm also uh, into Orange is the New Black, which I feel like is degrading over time. I feel like six season. It's a little bit long in the tooth. Not a fan. Long in the tooth. Yeah. Um, but but see, what about, do you like Ballers? I feel like the, the, the angle they went. I like him. You know, I like uh, The Rock. So I feel like nice the guy, angle but... they went this year getting into exports, I like it. I like and. Well, they need. They almost needed to, right? Like they had to. I think to be current, maybe. I don't. Isn't what's? Oh, I do know what they added back. My boy, there. What's his name? The guy who uh, I like a lot of his uh, YouTube stuff now. Russell Brand. I don't like him that much. You don't like him that don't much. Don't like him that much. Do you understand? Like, do you have you seen his podcast stuff and other things where he's like trying to evolve the mind and talk about? No. Oh, you. You A, haven't seen it, or B, no, haven't, I haven't don't seen care? It. I, haven't seen oh. it. I don't care, but I haven't seen it. Well, because that's why I enjoy the stuff he's done. He kind of really went into another realm of, like, how do we figure out what's going on in this world? Not like, I'm a funny guy. You know what I mean? So, anyways, ballers. Also watch that. So, I this is going to go in a weird direction, but I love, not too weird, but I love Elvis, right? So, like, I watched, did you watch Elvis documentary on, on I HBO? I wanted to see that. I keep, I'm glad you brought it up because I want to bring, uh, I'm going to watch it now. It, there's two documentaries that came out around the same time. So, right? my, my dad was the biggest Elvis fan. He saw him live. Uh, like, he's, my dad's in his late 70s now. Um, had every Elvis record under the sun. And so, I kind of grew up in an Elvis household. Um, I'm in my late 40s, super old, full disclosure. Oh, I'm super might, old too, dude. I might be old. But so I love anything with Elvis. And so when I just like watch it. And so everything with HBO is high production volume. Like, is there oh, like a so por- is there anything on HBO that is poorly produced? Like, no, they're killing it. Have you seen the Gary Shandling documentary? Great. It's so good. Yeah. It's really long, but perfect. So he, I feel like in a way, I wouldn't, can you call Gary Shandling ground zero for like the modern comedy? Like, like all the Judd Apatow stuff. I feel like he was there. Yes, like he was there with the behind the scenes kind of like, uh, 
the faux documentaries before pretty much everyone. Right? He's making fun of his own show. Yeah, he had a TV show where his like whole catchphrase in the beginning and the song that they sang was about how it's a silly. Right. Television so the show. Judd Apatow. Doc- I mean, Judd Apatow documentary on Gary Shandling is fantastic because first of all, it's a love letter in a way. Like I yeah. feel like Judd, that was his mentor. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I'm gonna check out the Elvis one too. What's the name of it? Do you know? Remember? It's two parter. I'm yeah. forgetting on the name, but you'll Elvis. You go to HBO shows on HBO Go. It's right there yep. at the top. So um, I'm a big fan, and we talk about it in those podcasts a lot. But documentaries in general, unbelievable. HBO's killing it. Showtime has some great ones, so don't sleep on a Showtime. I literally rebought the subscription to Showtime because of Sasha Baron Cohen's show, Who's America. Which is kind of ridiculous. It's a stunt show. He's trying to like pull a fast Let's one. Let's talk about him though, because like he is obviously uh, super uh, provocative. He's doing work that like I think is different than anyone else right now. He, I feel like is he is he the modern Andy Kaufman? It, not I, in the way, not in the sense that like he's he's not trying to like like he's not like in his whole life trying to become like. Um, a wink, wink, kind of like right. Andy would go. Andy wouldn't. Andy stop. would. Andy would never stop. Yeah. But like Sasha Baron Cohen, like I feel like he's fooling so many people. He is, and he and he's done a pretty good job with the show. But I have a. I mean, I've seen almost every episode now, um, and I would say that I don't know. I'm a little disappointed. I like the fact that he's getting people. He's essentially showing a mirror to people and being like, "Hey, look, this is how you are and act." And I can't believe you would do this. Like literally, like bite a fake dick on my body because you think that it's going to stop terrorism. Like, let's look at you for a minute. I feel like everyone is, I mean, I feel like certainly politically the country is so, so partisanized and so kind of hyper um, partisanized that it's, I think it's hard to move past it. I don't, I wish I had the answers. Let me bring you a, a quick story from when I was visiting Canada, which there'll be a travel vlog up on this YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash a lot of things. Um, very soon, about my trip to Vancouver, Canada, which I love. And I was just telling you about this pre-podcast, but I met with a couple who was on their honeymoon, or second honeymoon, and they are from North Carolina, and different walks of life, right? Conservative and not who Carlos is. Um, and yet we found perfectly common ground on tons of things. And the key thing is this. I think you get people together and maybe some drinks and you get them talking like we are now, they really care about each other. Humans pretty much want each other to do okay. And especially in small settings, it's it's rare to be like, oh, yeah, I just met this person. I want to fucking kill him. No, you don't think that. Or, that, yeah, I don't like that person's skin color. You generally are like, oh, what's this person up to? Yeah, you're inquisitive. As humans, I think we're inquisitive. And I think we want to get along. So here's my big thing. That discussion I had in Canada with that couple shone a light on what I think is already happening is that we all aren't what the Internet says we are. That was terrible English, but you know what I mean. We fucking care about each other as humans. So don't let anybody tell you different. I think that's what the fucking's going on. When, if I go out any time, if we go out right after this podcast and go have another drink with Nicole or anybody else at the bar, Sam's, great bar, if you're in Seattle. Go to Capitol Hill. <laughs> Nicole was the bartender. Uh, you'll have a great fucking time. You think you're going to start a fight with somebody? No, you're going to have a couple of drinks, and you're going to try to meet people. Am I wrong on that? No, you're right. I think you're right. I think, like, um, but, like, everyone has, everyone falls back to these kind of, like, predisposed kind of 
political leanings oftentimes so much on social media. How do we get away from that? How do we get away from the, the arguments on Facebook? Are people getting tired of that? Are, like, are people like done? I'm done. Do you, I know you're done. Or I'm done with the two. Like I, I spend less time on, on, on Facebook because it's a waste of time. You know, three years ago, I'd had these conversations and these arguments. But you realize at some point you're just kind of pissing into the wind. You are pissing in the wind. So, yeah. are are people are people who are still doing it going to realize that? They might not because it's pretty easy, right? Like, so again, we're both about the same age. You're a little bit older, okay. But in general, we remember when this wasn't like kind of part of the day, right? Like, so internet was like a thing that you did every once in a while, and it was difficult, and there was like. AOL chat rooms and, you know, uh, websites, but it wasn't like your everyday activity. Like we were literally at a bar before this and we're checking our Instagram. So that's like a thing that we do as part of our day. And it wasn't part of that. So is it easy for people to stop it? It isn't as easy. No. You know what I mean? Because it's not like you're going to check your website and how many visitors went there. It's like you're checking your feed and you're checking your other feed and it's become part of who you are. Like people, you know, think who they are is is also their feed. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not a completely technology discussion, right? I mean, I think there are movements across the globe, um, uh, where are there are people migrating or whatever, and and there's crazy created backlashes. You know, there there's there's right movements that are like against immigrants. I don't want to get super political. No, you, probably, no. you can probably guess what my leanings are, but. But like you can't completely isolate this to like oh technology and social media sharing, right? So like no, no, no. There are it's, people a, a there are, there are people a... agitating from a, a political leader perspective. There are people agitating on on kind of talking head pundit broadcast t- cable TV that are just feeding this frenzy. That it's hard to kind of like pull back from. How do you dial back on that? Because there are people with agendas and profit motives that are pushing all of this. So I don't know how I get someone at Fox or MSNBC to say. I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, I, I, I can tell you the answer because we, again, we're uh, both on social media a lot, talk about what's going on in this country and in the world in general. And we have similar ideas. But at the same time, I think it it really is almost as simple as not looking at it. Because, like I said, if we go out, if we're doing something very local, if our job, we're doing our job and we like those people that we work with and you know, you have a relationship and you have friendships. Those things fucking matter. And then all the added bonus, in quotes, of the social media, it changes sometimes perceptions. It changes ideas. So I, I, I think it's dangerous. And I love technology. But I think that right now it's potentially dangerous. So I don't know if you're – when you talk about, like, political correctness, right, that feels like very much a 90s term. It um, was. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. – I get the understanding that there are there are movements with momentum, and I feel like, you know, it was it was due that we we have Me Too. Like, I, feel I like love Me Too, by something, the way. There's, there's like something very that. important about that, that yes. right? Um, it's time that there's a reckoning there. there the pendulums can swing too far. Um but, like, I don't want to use the term, like, political correctness because I feel like that's, like, a 90s term to dismiss that. It is. Right? I, I brought up 90s because that's when the last time I felt this way. Yeah. Because people started, like, guarding what they were saying, right, in the 90s. It was like, oh, it's not politically correct to say whatever. By the way, I never say gypped. You, you should never say you got gypped because that's gypsy. Oh, it is. I didn't know that. See? You learn everything. You learn things on the podcast. No, gypsy means you were gypped because, oh, look, the gypsies came in and they, they screwed you because they're trying to get the deal. No one says gypped anymore. Oh, they do. Do they? Yeah. Oh, People listen to the show say it. 
Say you got ripped off, and that's the, that. You're that's fine. cool. Yeah, like say I'm ripped off. So but that's politically correct from the '90s, but right now, so me too. Let's just talk about me too for one second. Obviously, it just feels so silly because it feels me too isn't silly. But what I'm saying is, is that no shit, you shouldn't be mean to people. You shouldn't rape people. You shouldn't do terrible things. That should be obvious. I want the obvious generation to start, right? Like, no shit, don't be a douche. Don't jack off in front of other people, Louis C.K. Don't, you know, do terrible things. And so why there has to be a movement is depressing, and it's helpful because it's definitely got people, you know, to be called out on it. But I think you can go too far with it, too, because you have to just fucking use your mind, common sense. And when you have a movement... It can get like any movement can get out of control. Cults can get out of control. You know, like the Scientology, in my opinion, is out of control at times. I don't know what I'm saying. So do you feel I mean, I don't do you feel like Me Too's gone too far? I think it can. I think it can. Because like uh, Norm MacDonald recently has had a problem. Have you heard of that? No. I love him and I love his new show and he's ridiculous and he's you know, from SNL and he's this old comic and he said some stuff and, you know, a little out of context and everybody's destroying him and saying like, okay, let's not watch his show. Let's boycott him about this one thing. I mean, if we say something one time tonight on this podcast, does that change everything? It shouldn't. You got to use common sense. Like, So I think that um, comedians are kind of in a, a, a particular a little bit precarious place. Oftentimes they've had a license um, to kind of say whatever they want. I think, you know, in the Me Too era, if Norm, Exo- Norm McDonald's example of this, maybe they are not having that license anymore. Um, I tend to judge people more on their behavior than like they're, what they're saying in, in kind of a, a comedy bed or written routine, right? If, if someone is a horrible person and they treat a woman horribly, they're, that is like where I really judge people, right? There you and go. Particularly in work scenarios. Um, I don't know what Norm McDonald said. I think you, I mean, clearly Louis C.K. was a horrible person. Now, Louis C.K. is a genius, but the way he's creepy towards women is obviously he's creepy towards women. Yeah. Right. Um, that was not part of his routine. If, right. if Norm, I don't know what you're talking about, Norm McDonald, but if he was doing a bit. No, um, I'll, t- I'll tell you just so you, so the audience is clear too. He just like said that Louis and Roseanne both were friends of his. And Roseanne called him up and said, like, I'm crying. I'm going to. Essentially, she was suicidal in a way because she's kind of kind of bi- bipolar kind of stuff going on. Long story short, she was freaking out. And he was like, well, talking to somebody on an interview, again, every word you say. And he said, like, oh, well, some of these people who are affected by this, uh, the things that she said or the things that Louis did, they don't know what it's like to be like them where their whole career is taken away in one day. And then people got mad because they're like, well, they had terrible shit happen to them, too, because, you know, what Louis did and what Roseanne said, oh, you know, racist stuff. I, I do, so that's I, how he got yeah, in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when you – here's another problem with the internet. It's just instant judging and condemnation of someone for one thing they may see in an, in an interview. That's, so, yeah. like, if, if Norm MacDonald is saying something off the cuff and you want to completely dismiss him for the rest of his life because he had an opinion – I like think that, that's what that I was, feels like that's that's a little bit too much. I right? guess okay. This is how we'll close this part. Uh, I may know a couple. We're not things. talking about my, my finger. We should talk about your finger. My finger. Is this a f- broken finger? So I think I broke my finger, but I'm I didn't go to the doctor. I, like I'm self medicating with a with alcohol a, with a no with a Rite Aid 
a three dollar Rite Aid finger splint. Can I just say one thing? Is that a bad idea? A, I think it might be. B, your other finger should be attached to it. And C, it doesn't look like it's on well. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like it's actually. Like I said, it's a three dollar Rite Aid. Yeah, but I think you did the three dollars wrong. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable so I, looking I, at your finger. I heard this thing like about a week ago. Yeah, how I, did you hurt it? Let's my dog it. like yanked my, my leash out of my hand as she after she changed. My dog's a big, like 70-pound dog. I wasn't paying attention. She yanked my leash, tweaked my finger. I think I broke it. Oh, and geez. so like for a week, I'm just like, you know, you, when, when you're, you hurt something, you just bump in a wall. It's like, ow, yeah. that was me. And my wife just starts going, why don't you get something? Why don't you go to the doctor? I'm like, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. So like, instead of going to the doctor, I go to Rite Aid. Oh, nice. That is the doctor. Yeah, that's like, yeah, it's, it's the drugstore doctor. Okay, I'm with you partly because I did break my ankle once and I did wait a while before I went to the doctor. Did it did it mend wrong? That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried it's going to mend wrong. Guess what happened? I went to the doctor at some point. And did he, was he going, you idiot? He said, you idiot. He literally said that. And they made fun of me because they said I should do surgery. I was 21 at the time. I had broken both sides of the bone. So tibial and fibula, both are broken. So my foot was and like- And were you just thinking, I'm young and I'll- like, I'm young and I'll grow back, yeah. yeah I'm superhuman. And uh, he gave me a full leg cast up to my thigh, <laughs> right? Because you can't move your ankle at all. And so I had to live with that for like three months, and it was fucking terrible. Guess what? Healed 95%. 95. So you're still 5% off. 5% off, yeah. I'm so, broken. Yeah, so. And by the way, I took calcium tablets when I was, uh, when I was in the cast- and I visualized Help? them going to the ankle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it worked. So, by the way, you should still go to the doctor. Okay, I yeah. might. Well, we may have to continue this. Do part two. I yeah, like, the I follow feel like, up. I feel like like a year from now, my finger just might be bent. Like, just kind of see. That's what you don't want. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I was in Vancouver, which we talked about uh, shortly, and I got this little guy, which for the video uh, viewers you can see. I'll show him over here. This camera. This is a little uh, red-faced, like, you know, uh, Japanese character, uh, idol, good little guy. And he's a battery charger. So he's a two-USB battery charger, and he lasts for a long time. So what were you doing in Canada? I was visiting for fun. People sometimes do that. They they take trips, and they're just (laughs) for fun. I don't do that hardly ever, but I love Canada to death, and Vancouver is incredible. Um, and I got that, and I got a bunch of other little things. Is it like, was it 90% of the fun of the U.S., or is it? I don't know. I was ready for percentages. I'll say that this. An, that's an exchange rate joke, right? Oh. Uh, no, it's 30. What? We, my dollar was $1.30 over there. Was it really? Yeah. So it's like 80% of the fun. That's pretty good. But I'll say this. Here's a fun fact. I live in Seattle. We live in Seattle. And in general, people are like, it's a pretty great town. Um People say, like, oh, Vancouver's boring. I think one of the locals said they called it Van Boredom. That doesn't make sense. Something to do with boring in their name of their city. I'm like, why would you say that? Because they are open later than Seattle. There is so many coffee shops that are open till like, 12. There are 24-hour places, tons of them. And I was walking down Robson Street, which is my favorite street, and it was 11.30, and I got, like, Desserts, uh, drinks, food. Uh, what kind of desserts? Are arcades were open. What desserts are you getting at eleven thirty? What are you getting? I think that's when I went to. Was it ten or eleven? I went to this ice cream place. It's great, and I do want to talk about it. So it's I called, love. Oh, go ahead. It's, no, no, but I, I love Vancouver, but Victoria. Victor, Victoria, Victoria, love Victoria. So take the Clipper from Seattle. If anyone is in Seattle, you want to do a weekend trip. Go that's to a Victoria. fantastic. Trip. Yes, it is. Uh, I had a ice cream at this place called Perverted. Okay. 
Is it that Peruvian? sounds weird. Is yeah. it good? My, my ice cream of choice was, um, how do I say it again? It was beg for some more. Oh, get that's it? Horrible. Some more. So, do you? It was you, really are you, good. Are you a licorice guy? <laughs> I've never been asked that. So, have you ever like? I love licorice, and like whenever, I like red whenever licorice. Get, whenever I get the chance, I get the black ice cream, the black licorice oh, ice cream. Oh wow, you are definitely a yeah, black and you're guy. you're the guy eating it with the black tongue. Like my daughter will eat it, and she gets like the black. Where tongue do you buy black licorice ice cream? Every now and then, you can find it. <laughs> If you like licorice. This conversation's gone way weird. Okay, politics of black licorice ice cream. Also, if you're in Vancouver, go to Perverted. It's a great ice cream place. Uh, I want to talk about Netflix for a minute. There's a great documentary called The Most Unknown, which is where they bring different scientists of different ilk and put them together to talk about stuff. So the first episode is a microbiologist talks to a physicist about dark energy. And she's got her own background about how she does research on microbiology and the study of the small, and he's studying the big, huge astronomy, dark energy out there in the, in the universe. And it's so fun to hear their dichotomy, their back and forth. So it's called The Most Unknown. Mother Motherboard is behind it. They're, I think, a producer. Yeah. Motherboard's great. And uh, another website behind it is called Science Sandbox, which you should also look up. Um, and Werner Herzog, right? He's Amazon, an advisor. AWS guy, yeah. Yeah, and he's an advisor right? on it. Uh, he's a filmmaker, Warner too. Warner Vogels. Yeah, so um, I think I'm thinking of different Warners. There's yeah. lots of Warners in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know Warner. If he's watching, Warner worked with me at GameSpot, and he's an awesome cameraman, as well as other things, producer. Warner Herzog is a filmmaker, so he advised on this okay. because it's a very epic kind of you know scientific documentary series. The most unknown, beautiful. Check it out on Netflix. Are you watching anything on Netflix besides what we talked about already? Yeah, it's Ozark and Elvis. Ozark's great. And Elvis is on HBO. Um, there's a show. Uh, oh man, uh, there's a couple of shows that I just can't remember. It's one. There's one about a, a gal uh, who she's basically uh, becoming like a, a teenage beauty pageant. Um, Ryan. So, Ryan. Um, don't know. Okay. <laughs> I haven't watched it with my daughter. We, we both watch it. You lost me at beauty pageant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't remember. If you remember, uh, we'll come back around. Real quick, we have only a few minutes left because this show's already over because that's how fast this thing goes. Alan Watts, have you heard of Alan Watts? No. So everybody in the podcast should listen to Alan Watts. Uh, he's a pretty smart philosopher. He talks about a lot of things. Hey, that's my name nice. of the show. Nice. I didn't even mean that. But I will say that uh, I recently bought the YouTube uh, premium so that what you can do is you can listen to a lot of YouTube videos as podcasts. You can like just shut it down, like start the YouTube video, shut your iPhone or whatever phone you have, and then just put it in your pocket and you're listening to it like a podcast. That's only available through YouTube Premium. I don't get paid for saying that, but it's a great feature. So on my ride up to Canada earlier, we were talking about, Alan Watts I listened to a ton of. He talked about a bunch of stuff about how we all need to chill out, almost earlier like I was talking about, and how everything we kind of already want meditation, all that kind of stuff, we already have. And karma, if you didn't know this, isn't like you do something and then, oh, your karma comes back and gets you in the ass. No, karma just means what you're doing. Like it literally means what you decide to do. So your karma is what you do. And your karma is it good or bad. It's because it's based on what you're doing. Is it good or a bad choice? And I think that that gets lost in a lot of this kind of you know, simplified version of it. Like, oh, I'll do good and then I'll get something back good. No, 
you probably just do good, you know, and don't expect something back. Um, I highly recommend everybody listen to his talks. He speaks a lot about how, especially almost uh, as Americans, there's this kind of like, when you do something, you expect something back. Uh, you hope to get to a place with views or you have followers, and then you'll be happy. Comics and stand-ups have this kind of same thing, like, I'll get to this one spot and I'll be fine. He really breaks it down to be like, you don't need any of that. You already have it, and you already are it. You you have everything within you to be happy, to be relaxed, and to, you know, work with others and, and connect with others. So you don't need a lot of the stuff you're chasing. And I listened to him for like two and a half hours on that bus ride, and I feel... Much more relaxed. And you've listened to him mainly on YouTube? And his yeah. name is Alan Watts. Alan Watts, W-A-T-T-S. Can I get him on iTunes or Apple Podcasts? Probably, but he doesn't do a podcast. He just does lectures. Okay. He's like a philosopher. Nice. Yeah. Old school podcast. Old school. It, well, philosophy and <laughs> teaching and panels is podcasts. It's true. Great. It's kind of great. Is. Um, I have one more thing. We're going to do question and answers, and then we're done. Question and answers. Oh, I had a Netflix thing. What was that? Oh, everybody should check out uh, Dragon Prince. If you like Avatar, look for this animated uh, film or series. Series called Dragon Prince. Look that up. If you like Avatar, check out the Dragon Prince. Okay, here's some after bits, question and answers. When will we have technology that just makes our whole meal for us? Come on, spoon guy. We already had that. There's basically factory-produced, centralized-produced food. It goes to your room, you hit a button, and it's cooked, right? So you don't even want you don't even want to hit the button to warm it. You want it self-warmed? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I want to. Here's what I want. I want to go to my kitchen tonight, have all the whatever that means, accoutrement, that says that this will happen, similar to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or all these sci-fi things that we love. And we go into the area that's the future kitchen, and we go, yes, AI or whatever you are, Jeeves, I would like to have pizza and a Coca-Cola and a, you know, side of broccoli, whatever. And just, it happens. So here's the thing. Like, Amazon actually got a patent last year about anticipatory restaurant ordering where you don't even order from the restaurant. You come home from work, someone from a restaurant has come into your home and put a nice warm meal on your dinner table. Like, they're actually working on... You're not even having to think about it. They're thinking about it for you and anticipating you're hungry, Carlos. You want pizza or you want Thai food, and it's already there. So so the question is, like, do you care if it's made somewhere by, like, a, a chef in a kitchen centrally? Or do you care if it's, like, made in your home and, like, by a robot? You know, you may have those preferences, but we're already kind of on that direction, right? But Where it's basically, it's already going to be, the decision's made for you. It's made some made by someone beside you, either a robot or person, and sitting on your table. The difference there, though, is that's anticipatory in the fact that, like, maybe I don't want that. Maybe I've decided I came home and I was like, well, normally I do on Tuesdays like pizza. Uh, actually, every day I like pizza. But uh, now I want Thai food, like you said, because now you mentioned it, now I really want it. So I want to switch up my order, which, again... 
Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or any other sci-fi book or novel or movie, I could just switch and go like, no, I'm sorry, I would like this, please. So the great debate in our industry is like, okay, you're, we're seeing a massive up spike in food orders. Like, I don't know if you've ordered the uh, Uber Eats. My, my daughter's 14. I haven't ordered My that daughter's yet. 14 and she literally just like downloaded the app. We got her a checking account like in the last couple months. Oh, that's she, she ordered Uber Eats McDonald's. She had McDonald's do it to her house. I didn't even know about it. I'm like, uh, I went down she had McDonald's. I'm like, where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, I did Uber Eats. I'm like, you what? So, oh my goodness. So we are kind of at that era of like literally like push button food at any time. Right. I don't know if we really need to, need to get to the point where there's some like robotic chef in our in our kitchen. Why would you spend ten thousand dollars on a robotic chef and literally with a push of a button and an app you can have almost any food any food you want? Right. Probably made better than what the chef's. Gonna well, make. okay, so I'll t- say two caveats to that. One, in the future, it won't be ten thousand dollars because it'll come right, down. Right, right, right. Um, and then two, people in different areas where they don't have that availability. Here's where I think robots in the in the home are going. I think they're going towards not a general purpose cook you like a multi-curse meal type of robot they're going towards like doing one or two things really well and i'll give you an example there's a there's actually a robot a ro- uh, um, um, flatbread maker out of uh made in taiwan made by a company in taiwan it's making indian flatbread mm. and they've sold like forty thousand of these things they're called roadie is like i love roadie roadie is like eaten by a billion people uh, across the world every day mm-hmm. and and the story of this this company uh, called I think it's called uh, Zimplomatic. Um, they make the roadie the roadie robot. The the wife was in like a hardware engineer, and her, and her husband just said to her, "Why you keep make, you're tired of making roadie for me every day? Why don't you just make a robot?" And she took him up on it. Oh. Three years later, she had built a roadie robot, and now ten years later, they have a company. They've sold forty thousand of these roadie robots. Oh my goodness! And, uh, so that's what I, I think the lesson is. Specialized do, robots. Specialized robots that do repetitive things rather than making like the multi-course meal, which is like maybe we'll get there in 10 or 20 years. Right. But there are robots to make like things that are repetitive and boring really well and do it very efficiently. Yeah. And I think that's where we're going. Okay. My idea that I want is still either <laughs> not going to happen or- You want the Jeeves chef. I want the Jeeves. I want the I want the holodeck in that way, you know? But I want to be able to eat stuff to go to the holodeck. Here's a question for you. Why do people uh, always seem confused picking up their order at Starbucks? Like they just like ordered, let's say, a cold drink, right? And then they see a hot drink, yeah, and they're like, "Is this mine?" I mean, okay, they're so confused. Most, most people are dumb, so like, let's just get that out of the way. But that that's how you're going to end. Is it? that controversial? So let me tell you, sir. Like, this is. I like, think our whole podcast has been controversial. So, which is fun. I feel like most of the listeners are nodding. Go, yeah, most people are dumb. I feel like most people are listening. really, yeah. But um, wait, that means that they're part of the. Dumb. No, but they're the smart ones because oh, they're listening the, to your podcast. That's right. Yeah. Our listeners are but, very so, smart. So I just remember, like, this is like eight years ago. I'm in, in, I'm in San Francisco. I, I ordered my my meal. Like, I ordered like a sausage sandwich and a, a coffee at Starbucks, and like it was kind of a particular order. Like, it was like not the everyday order. And uh, I just remember, like, they're going, Mike, and a dude jumps right in front of me and goes. Oh, he goes, he looks at me and goes, oh, so weird. My name's Mike. We ordered the same thing. I'm like, I was dumb enough to go, yeah, that's weird. I was just, then I waited around for like 10 minutes. I'm going, oh, Oh. that dude just like had me. Yeah. Like, I I felt so, So I still remember how dumb I was. I felt so dumb. But it happens daily. It happens all the time. But the dude is so smooth about it. Like, oh, so he looked at me in the eyes like, oh, it's so weird how we're at the same name. We ordered the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, oh, so yeah, it's so weird. Oh, man. 
ever happened to you? Happened? It happened. I'm, 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 my name is Carlos, and it's kind of different. Uh, a little bit different. Mike's like like every fifth guy's name. By the way, can I just say this real quick in the podcast? And tell me if it's, I don't know if it's weird. This whole podcast has been weird, I feel like, so it's okay. Has it been? In a good way. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I haven't seen that. Has it been different? We're than cutting your, most. Is of it, it weirder or different than your most most podcasts? <laughs> yes, it feels like we've. I'm cutting half of the show. I'm kidding. None of it's. Everything's fine. So I went to a let's just say a coffee place where they have uh, desserts. So I'm not gonna say the name of it. And I went there, and I uh, hadn't gone to that location before. This has a reason. And then I and then we're way over time. And then I said, uh, "Yeah, I'll have my whatever." And they go, hey, "Cool." And what's your name for the order? And I said, "Carlos." And they go, oh, I'm sorry. What, what was that? And I go, oh, Carlos, you know. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. I I, uh, I didn't catch that. I I, um, I don't usually work in this location. <laughs> is is that weird? So he couldn't quite get your name because he said he didn't work in the location. Right. So is this that's a, a weird? That's and a by weird, we were downtown. It's a weird reaction to not understanding your name. Right, because my name is. Carlos. I'm wondering if it's because it was Carlos and I'm in downtown and I'm a, a Mexican. And it, you know. Maybe. Like you may or be reading, it, or, you may, no, you may be reading into it, but you, that may be it, right? I hope, yeah. I, I, I think I've decided that I'm reading into it and that it was like he was just being very apologetic because he did, he, he, he yeah. hated that yeah. he missed my name. He's like, oh, no, I don't normally work here. And that's how I'm going to take it. For, like, for there him. may be some dude somewhere, like, right now going, I'm still embarrassed by how I act towards that dude. He probably thinks I'm, like, a racist. I know, and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. But yeah. if he does, Chances I'm are. telling you that you're probably fine. Yeah. That's so right. weird. We're All done right, with man. that. <laughs> uh, Michael Wolf, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Carlos. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, go to thespoon.tech. That's easy, right? That's, that's super easy. Yeah, thespoon.tech. And then the Smart Kitchen Summit. Dot com. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll create a discount code if you want to go. It might be crazy. Wait, well, you should make it right now. Yeah, uh, I'm going to make it up off the top of my head. I'm going to call it Carlos. Really? My name? Why not? You can call it a lot of things. <laughs> but it's like a lot of things oh. is way more letters. If people go like, listen, I was going to give you that code for the website, but I forgot the name because I don't usually work on the internet. I'm trying to make a joke from the other <laughs> thing. It didn't work. We I don't. Just, know, I don't know. Do we just use the to, internet. We just want to make it things like things. Is it discount? No. If it's either a lot of things or it is Carlos. Okay, we're gonna make it Carlos. Okay. Uh, as we say goodbye, you have to wear one of these goose socks. All right. I don't know why, but I decided on to a make certain this appendage. Thing. Just well, you not the hurt hand. All right. And then we will say goodbye on the podcast with holding up the uh, goose socks. This is from the Goose Dot Game. It's a website. Uh, it's a game that's coming out soon. And um, you check, should all out. check out the game. So we'll say, Aflac. Oh, we could say that too. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I'll see you later. Thanks, Mike, for being on the podcast. You have to do a voice. I'm sorry. I don't work around here normally. Oh, what's shit. Your, what's your name? My name's Carlos. I'm sorry. I don't work around here. Well, I'm Hispanic. <laughs> and uh, that's probably why. It's okay. I don't, I don't hold it against you. I'm not a racist. I don't I'm not a duckist. I think you're a goosest. I'm not a goosest. This is definitely over. <laughs> Holy shit.